You know, one of the things the solar eclipse, remember that, reminded us is people will travel to have unique experiences, see things, and be part of events. We all saw how people congregated in areas that had the best view, the best safe view. And they all had to stay somewhere, and many used Airbnb. I want to share something with you I was once told. One of the wisest things you can do when you host an Airbnb is find events in your area and let people in that community know that your place is available for out-of-towners. Many did this with the Eclipse. You can do this as well. Your home could be an Airbnb. Seriously. It doesn't have to be your whole place. I mean, it could be. You'd be surprised what people are looking for when they travel. It's simple and it's really, really smart. You might want to think about it. You could be sitting on a whole new revenue stream. Concerts, sporting events, conferences. People are always on the move. Your home may be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.ca slash host. It really is. Live from Mars is one of the great live albums of all time. It's really good. Welcome once again to 32 Thoughts, the podcast presented by GMC and the new Sierra AT4X. Elliot, we will start with the trade and we'll start by going historical. June 6th, 1967, the St. Louis Blues acquired Tim Ecclestone, Gord Kanegieser, Bob Plager, and Gary Sabrin in exchange for Rod Sealing, who goes to the New York Rangers. That was the first trade between the St. Louis Blues and the New York Rangers. The most recent trade happened Thursday afternoon. Vladimir Tarasenko, Nico Mikola go to the New York Rangers from the St. Louis Blues in exchange for Sammy Blaze, 2023 first-round draft pick, a fourth and 24, and prospect Hunter Skinner. St. Louis retains half of Tarasenko's contract. Your first thoughts on this one? Obviously, it's a big deal. It's the second big deal after Horvat. Yep. Maybe things are finally loosening up. I wonder if these NHL GMs felt shamed by the NBA general <laughs> managers. Kevin Durant's getting traded. <laughs> Doug Armstrong and Chris Jury are both shamed by Wednesday night's occurrences. They're making huge moves. <laughs> we got to do something. Quick, quick. One of the things is Tarasenko had a lot of control here. There's no question about that. He had a lot of control here. He's the guy who asked for a trade almost two years ago, and he had the no-trade contract. You know, I remember this is about 20 years ago when Kurt Schilling demanded a trade from the Philadelphia Phillies. What did his general manager, Ed Wade, say? He has a no-trade contract. He doesn't have a trade-me contract. So even though Tarasenko wanted to move, mm-hmm. he was the one who had the say on where he could go. So I think that really limited St. Louis and what they could do. I think one of the things that we talked about was that the New York area really intrigued them, whether it was the Islanders, the Rangers, or the Devils. And I do think the Devils had talked about him in the offseason when St. Louis was figuring out what to do. That was an area he was happy to go to. And, you know, that's obviously where he ends up. When people look at the return, I think you have to remember that Tarasenko had a lot of power in this one. Mm-hmm. He could say, well, you might want to send me there, but I don't have to go there. One of the great stories I always remembered was the Jerome McGinley deal when the Flames had a trade with Boston 
And the story goes, we have a deal with Boston, and Aguila's representation said, well, you may have a deal with Boston, but we don't have a deal with Boston, and he ended up going to Pittsburgh. You have to remember that. And I think, Jeff, that played a, a huge factor here. So we're going to go through what this means for both of these teams. And before we get to the New York Rangers and holy smokes, does that top line now look like it's loaded with firepower? What does this indicate to you about the St. Louis Blues? I think when we first look at this, we say, okay, this is a, I don't want to say it's a full teardown because no one expects that. But is this now the beginning of the teardown of the St. Louis Blues? Do we expect Ryan O'Reilly? Do we expect Ivan Barbashev? Do we expect fill in the blank? Is this the beginning of the tearing down of that team that won the Stanley Cup? I think it is. I've been asked that question a lot today. One of the things that we, we all have to recognize is that I don't think Tarasenko was coming back at all. So of all the moves I thought would happen, to me, this was the one that was number one. He wasn't coming back. They weren't going to re-sign him. I think there's been some push and pull on O'Reilly. I don't think the Blues have presented anything that, in terms of long-term that would make O'Reilly absolutely jump up and say yes. But I don't think there was even going to be much of an attempt with Tarasenko. But there's no question this is a team going in a different direction. You know, one of the teams I wonder about for O'Reilly is Vegas. You know, they lost a player in Mark Stone. O'Reilly's not a scorer like Stone is, but he's a similar high IQ, great defensive player, doesn't have to play at the fastest pace, but knows how to play. Like, that's Mark Stone. Yep. And the fact that also Vegas has kind of talked to St. Louis about some of their other guys. I think the guys like Barbashev and Achari. So I kind of wonder if that makes a lot of sense. Look, the Blues are, the math isn't good. They're probably not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I think they're going to breathe some new life into their team. Absolutely. Okay, so to Vladimir Tarasenko going to the Rangers then, it was about five minutes ago that we all enjoyed this quote. Yes, obviously yes, because even Vladdy don't know the future of Vladdy. There is only one guy who knows more than me, and his name is Doug Armstrong. I think that's the guy who you should talk about my future with the Blues. That was Vladimir Tarasenko, who's now a member of the New York Rangers. Here's the question that I have about the New York Rangers right now. First of all, they get a little nastier on the left side of their blue line with Nico Mikola. They get more goal-scoring power on the right side uh, up front with Vladimir Tarasenko. My question about the Rangers now is, are they done? And does that mean we should stop all speculation about Pat Kane to the Rangers? I think what it means is you can stop speculation about Patrick Kane and Timo Meyer. I mean, look what they had to give up. Blay was, you know, he was in a very tenuous spot on the roster. Skinner is a prospect. The other thing here, too, is that the, the first round pick, it's going to be the later of two yeah. between Dallas and theirs. And those are two teams that have, you know, a lot of hopes. What it was going to cost them to get Meyer was going to be a lot more than that. Mm -hmm. And what it was going to cost them to get Kane, I don't know if it would have been more than this, but the one thing I think the Rangers are not sure of is Kane's health. And I don't think they're the only team. And I don't know how wide Kane is going to throw his net out there, but I do think it's one of the things that teams are wondering about is, is how healthy. He's back practicing on Thursday, 
but he took a maintenance day on Wednesday. And I don't think anybody is shocked or surprised by that. Tarasenko, he was just at the All-Star game. The cost of getting him was not that high. You added Mikola in the deal, which is not an insignificant thing here. Mm -hmm. And you didn't add any cost. Look, both these players are UFAs after this year. The Rangers are going to have some big decisions to make. Heedle's price is going up. Miller's price is going up. This is not going to be an easy puzzle for them to fit. I'm glad you mentioned Heedle through all of this too, because the one thing, like I said, if you're going to do some damage in the playoffs, it always helps to have some of your high-impact players on, let's just say, reasonable deals. And I don't think that Philip Heedle is trending towards a quote-unquote reasonable deal for his next contract. It's going to be a whopper. The way this guy is playing right now, and he scored again on Wednesday, he's got seven goals in his last five games, 19 total. It's a nice problem to have if you're Chris Drury, but it is on the horizon. You mentioned Heedle, you mentioned Miller as well. The players they picked up are, are, are UFA, so they don't have to worry about that for the future. But I look at the Rangers right now, and you look at the Metropolitan Division, and I know we look at Carolina and say, okay, they're going to do something big here. They've got the cap space. We say the same thing about the Carolina Hurricanes. Where do you put the Rangers in this mix? I know Carolina hasn't made their move yet. That's probably on the horizon. We know New Jersey hasn't shot their shot yet. But where do you put the Rangers in the mix in the Metro right now? I think Truba Miller is a really good pair. I think putting the kid line, the boys to men line back together has really re-energized them. And, you know, Panarin and Tarasenko, those guys have wanted to play together for a long time. There's been a lot of talk about Panarin and Kane and their relationship and putting them back together. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know the famous story with Tarasenko where he told the Blues to get Panarin and he was told Panarin's too small. You know, they're tight, and now they're going to play together. I, I think this is going to rejuvenate them. I like the way they're going. They were a little off kilter at the beginning of the year. Because of what Truba does, they're a playoff team. He's built for playoffs. They're built for playoffs. They're going to be able to play you a lot of ways right now. They're going to be able to score. They're going to be able to play a hard game. We all know what they have in goal. I am really curious about Tarasenko. Like one of the things, it, it's funny, I had a conversation with somebody about this on Thursday morning. There's some really mixed opinions on Tarasenko. There were some teams that thought he'd be rejuvenated by a move because he's going to be playing for his next contract. But there are other people who were like, you know what? I don't know about this player. He's clearly been unhappy. He hasn't looked great. We just wonder if his best time is behind him. And I know of about one team that was just like, he looks so unhappy, I don't think that's the move that we want to make. And now he's in a situation where he's going to be in a place where he's happy to go to. He's going to be with a player who he wants to play with. I'm really interested in seeing what this does to him. You know who really doesn't like this trade? Who's that? Milan Lucic, because I think a lot of us have circled the date of February the 18th. Probably, yeah. That is a Saturday. That is Hockey Night in Canada. That is the rematch of what might have been the game of the year, which had a little bit of everything, including uh, a little bit of extra spice uh, in the chili between the New York Rangers and the Calgary Flames. And if Lucic thought he was going to get his chance to get a lick in on Sammy Blay going back to the, the hit 
on the uh, the 6th of February. Not so fast. He's now a member of the St. Louis Blues, and these two teams don't face off against each other for the rest of the season. Well, now I'm mad about that as a TV <laughs> programming person. That's okay. Jacob Trube is still on the team. I think he's public enemy number one in Calgary anyway. Uh, and what a story he became this week as well. He's been a story all season long. And I mentioned this to you on radio. The presence of Jacob Truba on this New York Rangers team, to me, he does one of the hardest things to do in the NHL, and that is to hit violently and cleanly. I think he is one of the most unique and important players that really gives the Rangers an identity. But to your point, what's going to make this Ranger team great is their ability to play a number of different styles. And I think like a lot of us are looking at, okay, is Gerard Gallant going to pop, you know, Vladimir Tarasenko up there with Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin? And what is that going to look like? Just start drooling now, Rangers fans, start drooling. If they can get that Trocheck line going, yeah, they're going to score a lot of goals. Ellie, we've got a lot of other you know, big headline hockey topics to get to on today's podcast, but I want to review and something we talked about on the Monday Morning Podcast and you wrote about at your blog, and I just want to sort of close the loop on it because you presented a lot of different ideas about how to, you know, quote unquote, fix the All-Star weekend, help the skills, etc. I'm very much of the mind that what hockey operations might end up doing here next time around when the all-star is in Toronto is just drill down more on hockey and try to remove as much of the noise around the decision-making as possible and just focus on these are the capital H hockey events that we're doing and we're going to do our best to try to do them well and not worry about all the, all the frills around things. Agree or disagree? I think that could happen. I was surprised by all the feedback I got. There was a lot of it. And this year, at least on Sportsnet, the All-Star game outdrew the skills. That doesn't happen. That's rare. That's very rare. And that's a sign of how rough that night was. I do believe there is something about going back to hockey, but I still think there has to be something fun like the draft. And... I still say this, you have to start your night off with a bang. Mm -hmm. And this year it was supposed to start off with a bang by Makar going first in the fastest skater. Unfortunately, it didn't work as he, as he fell. And that's why I also wonder about making the fastest skater a straightaway instead of a turn. But I think you need something there that's going to make the audience laugh. And I'm going for the draft. People can disagree with me. Fine. I'm going for the draft. The players have shown they're great at it, and we're going to get one in the NBA in two weeks. And I bet you there's going to be entertaining viral moments. There will. Uh, you know what I wonder about? I wonder if the league goes back to Connor McDavid and says, can you please reconsider the fastest skater? But I think if you make it straight, maybe that's a different way because you do top speed. No, like I, I, I saw your idea, and you've, you've told me about You told me about it on the weekend, and I like it. To the point where, and you know how I am about this one, I'm not going to let it go, do the same thing with backward skaters. If you're just going to do it straight and oh average out the God, time, not with do the it backward backwards. Skaters yes, again. Elliot, but it is a skill. Ask any defenseman. Last time I checked, there were defensemen in the NHL, correct? Like that is a position that's, I don't watch much hockey these days, but that is still a position in the league, right? All right, let's get to the rumors. People want to hear that over the uh, All-Star game. Okay, so a couple of things here. Um, there's still a lot of names that are out there. 
whether it's Timo Meyer, whether it's Luke Shen, there's a lot of names that are still, you know, populating conversations. Uh, you've already talked about Pat Kane a little bit. Uh, we expect a decision from both Camp Pat Kane and Camp Jonathan Taves relatively soon. What's the latest as far as you know? I think the interesting thing about this is I, I think the Rangers really intrigued Kane. Mm-hmm. I think what now the question's going to be is where else intrigues him. I think that now becomes the big question because I I, I think they were a team yeah. that was high up on his list. I don't want to say the only team on his list, but they were very high up on his list. And I think also that this is an admission of what you and I have discussed a ton over the past month is that there is concern about how he's going to be able to hold up. Mm-hmm. Nobody questions his heart and playing through a lot of this, but now it becomes if we want to win four rounds, is that going to be a problem at all? Hmm. That to me is the one that stands out. Let me throw out to what, who I wonder about with Patrick Kane now that it seems as if you know the Rangers' dream has died with them acquiring Vladimir Tarasenko. I wonder about Dallas. Yeah. I think Dallas is going to do something. I think they're probably wondering about who they can get, who they can find to play with Tyler Sagan. And the name Pat Kane, despite everything you just said about the health and you know how much, uh, how much wear and tear he has on his body and holding up for as many rounds as Dallas expects to play, I wonder if that's an intriguing name for the Dallas Stars. And I wonder if that's an intriguing team for Patrick Kane. I wonder about that too. Like we know this right now. He came out and said, I know who's interested in me. Hmm. So now we'll see how he feels. Like, look, we're still probably about 10 days away from knowing what he's going to think, at least based on his comments this past week. So now there's probably a reshuffling in his head. Rangers are out. So what else intrigues him? You know, the one that's a little bit more mysterious right now, and you hope that everything's okay, is Taves. Right. You know, he didn't practice again on Thursday. I believe he went to go get checked out for this non-COVID illness. And, you know, hopefully the news is good. But, I mean, that's another one. What are we dealing with here? Hopefully it's nothing and he's fine. But, you know, the fact he hasn't practiced in a bit that's kind of slowed that one down a, a little bit. You have a feeling on the Buffalo Sabres these days, and the headline for the Buffalo Sabres this week was the uh, the signing of the uh, contract extension for Dylan Cousins, seven years, $49.7 million, AAV of 7.1. Uh, you wrote about it. We've spoken about it. This is how Kevin Adams uh, chooses to do business with the Buffalo Sabres. You've talked about this. Identify your key pieces and lock them up for as long as you can. Uh, C. Thompson, C. Samuelson, and now, Elliot, C. Cousins. Well, I like what the Sabres are doing. You know, Kevin Adams had a media availability on Thursday, and he repeated what he has said many times. You can't fast forward, okay? And I I firmly believe this, and I'm going to keep saying it because I just truly believe it's the right way to build. I like what they're doing. I I like the Thompson deal. I like the Cousins deal. I like the Samuelson deal. Um, Eventually, we're going to get a Rasmus Dahlin extension here, which is going to be a a pretty big deal. Mm -hmm. You know, Kevin Adams is probably phoning reporters and saying, 
can you drop Darlene a little bit down your <laughs> Norris list for me so I can yeah. save a little bit of money? Yeah. And then, you know, there's going to be an Owen Power deal. Obviously, you can see what they want to do. They're going to want to give Power as much term as they can. He's going to be a really important player for them. You have to give him term. The one thing about Power is when they're ready to extend him, the cap should be going up. And that should help them a little bit. But I have no doubt he's the next guy they're going to go to and say, can we do this with term? But I, I think they're smart. Look, do I think they have some pieces they might move? Yes. But I don't think it's any of their core pieces. Listen to 32 Thoughts, the podcast, ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You know, one of the things the solar eclipse, remember that, reminded us is people will travel to have unique experiences, see things, and be part of events. We all saw how people congregated in areas that had the best view, the best safe view. And they all had to stay somewhere, and many used Airbnb. I want to share something with you I was once told. One of the wisest things you can do when you host an Airbnb is find events in your area and let people in that community know that your place is available for out-of-towners. Many did this with the Eclipse. You can do this as well. Your home could be an Airbnb. Seriously, it doesn't have to be your whole place. I mean, it could be. You'd be surprised what people are looking for when they travel. It's simple and it's really, really smart. You might want to think about it. You could be sitting on a whole new revenue stream. Concerts, sporting events, conferences, People are always on the move. Your home may be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.ca slash host. Okay, so Thursday, the Toronto Maple Leafs getting some business done. Connor Timmons, defenseman, signs a two-year contract extension. 1.1 is the AAV. We've talked about Timmons before here on the program and what he would end up signing for. I still have questions about, you know, what Michael Bunting's deal is going to end up being. But for the current time, uh, the latest bit of news coming out of Toronto is the uh, the Connor Timmons extension. Uh, your thoughts on this one? And on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being greatest, uh, how intrigued are you by the Maple Leafs this deadline time? Probably a 10, because there's so much on the line with them, right? Yep. This is a season where you know that... So much is on the line. If they don't at least get a first-round series win, what's going to happen here? And that's why I think they're a 10 out of 10 on the list. Timmons' number is one that's easy for them to handle. I think he was a great bet when they made the deal, and I think that contract is a great bet. But I still think in a lot of ways, they can't do a lot of their long-term business until they know what Matthew's number is going to be. So they're going to be careful, I think, until that occurs. And also what happens in the playoffs could determine a lot of their decisions. Mm -hmm. Like Gavrikov's market, I think that's L.A. if they don't get Chikrin. I think that's Boston. I think that's Toronto. I think that's Edmonton. Like those are the teams I look at and I say – they're probably around with Gavrikov. And I think there's there's a few more because he's shown some indication that he's willing to sign for a bit of term if he thinks you're a contender. So I don't think those are the only ones, but I think Toronto is in that group. 
But the other thing too is I really do believe Toronto was looking at forwards. Mm. I think they're trying to find another forward out there, somebody who they think can make a difference for them. Like I look at Dubas and the, the thing I'm wondering is how high he can go here on a forward. And I think that's what they're trying to figure out too. Okay, Elliot from the Maple Leafs has pop over to the New Jersey Devils side of things. And as we expect them to take a pretty big swing come trade deadline time, some news today, not exactly good. And that is Jack Hughes week to week with the upper body injury. And you had some people, I believe, reach out to you asking if there's any correlation between this announcement and the incident between Hughes and Kachuk at All-Star. And the answer is... No, I was told the answer was no. So uh, that puts that one to bed uh, for now. One quick other final thought on Jack Hughes. I mean, I saw this news and to me it's a drag because I, I kind of love following stuff like this. I was, and I hope it doesn't, like, I still hope that he's in the hunt for it depending on how long he's out here. I hope it's at the shorter end of things. I was really hoping that Jack Hughes, and maybe he still can, become the first New Jersey Devil to register 100 points. I don't know why, but I really love stuff like that. And I think a lot of us had our fingers crossed that Q's could be that guy and could do it this season. Okay, well, what about the big fish then? What about, I mean, as a shark, what about the big fish? What about Timo Meyer? Is a shark technically a fish or a mammal? I can never remember these things. Hang on. Is a shark a fish? <laughs> uh, sharks are fish. There we go. There we go. They live in water. They use their gills to filter oxygen from the water. Sharks were a special type of fish known because their body is made out of cartilage instead of bones like other fish. Are sharks fish, Elliot? Yes. Sharks are sharks. That's all I need to know. <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Science. No problem. Okay, so Timo Meyer, look, the arms race in the metro New York area, Islanders grab Horvat, Rangers grab Tarasenko Mikola, Everybody's sitting here and looking at what are the Devils going to do. And I do think the Devils have kind of said to the Sharks, before you do anything on Meyer, make sure we get a final shot at this. Hmm. That's kind of the word around the league right now. I think they have competition. Just in conversations on Thursday, people think there's a bunch of Eastern teams after Meyer, uh, a group of them, and... Uh, maybe a smaller group, maybe one or two Western teams. What everybody's trying to do is think about here, who's in it to sign Meyer and who's in it to rent Meyer. And it's complex because, as everybody knows, Meyer has a $10 million qualifying offer for next year if you're not signing him long-term. And the one thing I, I will say, Jeff, is that there certainly seems to be a feeling out there that if what he considers a legit contender wants to sign him long-term, then he is prepared to be reasonable. Now, it's not going to be inexpensive. It's still a big contract, but it's not $11 billion. He's he's willing to look at this. The qualifier is 10, so what is reasonable? <laughs> but the thing is, Jeff, like yeah. if he just says, give me the qualifier and I'll play it out, which I, I think he might do if he doesn't think he ends up in a contender or a place he doesn't want to be, look, like, you can do $10 million for one year or say you sign for $64 million for argument's sake. Sure. What's the better deal? Mm -hmm. I'll take the $64 million, thank you. You might take the ten, and this is why you're in radio and not a financial planner. Okay, so... 
I thought there was you going to go with the bet on yourself line. I like the guy that takes a 10 on the one year and bets on himself. I think it's smart to bet on yourself, but I think it's, you know, it's also smart to do some other things. Uh, I get it. You got 64 looking at you. Hey, take it. Take it off the table. So like I said, I think a lot of people are wondering what New Jersey is thinking here. Yeah. So one guy said to me that there are teams out there who think that Toronto, at the very least, has considered, do we go get Meyer for this run and then sort it out later? Wow. Basically, punt the decision to the summer Mm -hmm. and say, all right, we bring him in, we see how this goes, we see who has a good playoff and who doesn't, and figure this out in June. And I don't know that Toronto's thinking about that. I would bet at the very least, knowing the way that Dubas thinks, that I would bet he has at least thought about the idea. Here's the flaw in that theory. Dubas had a media availability on Thursday, and he reiterated what a lot of us believe, and that is that he's not dealing his best prospects and picks for a rental. Now, if you trade for Meyer, it doesn't mean he's a rental. But I think in Toronto, it doesn't mean he's a long-term guy either. You're kind of in purgatory there. You're in no man's land. He's a restricted free agent with a $10 million qualifier. The only way I think you consider that if you're Toronto is that at the very least, if you can't keep him, you're flipping him for what you traded. So again... I'm quoting Doug McLean. <laughs> I don't know if it's true. I'm just telling you what I heard. This one person told me that there are teams that think that Toronto has at the very least considered this. I think one of the big questions is, though, what is San Jose looking for in a Timo Meyer deal? Toronto has good prospects and they have some picks. They don't have a lot of capital, but they have some. Everybody knows what we're talking about here. We're talking about Nyes. We're talking about Topi Nimala. We're talking about a high pick. And Toronto has some of that capital, but not a lot of it. And there's two reasons that people think that Toronto's considering this. Number one, because Dubas is in his final year, and I don't buy that. I don't think he's doing anything stupid that could tend his resume for a long time. But number two, Toronto has a really good team. And, you know, the way this is set up, they're going to play Tampa, and it's a nightmare scenario for the Maple Leafs Mm -hmm. just because of who they've got. But as a couple of guys said to me, you take your shot with a really good team, and they have a good team. Ah, Tampa's not that good. How'd they do against Colorado tonight, by the way? Did anyone check? (laughs) You want to know the funny thing is, remember last year we were having this debate, is Tampa too tired? Are they finally going off the cliff? I had a couple of guys tell me today, Toronto has to go for it because Tampa looks tired. And then they went and they just wiped out the Five avalanche. nothing. No Macar, but it's still the avalanche. Five nothing. Yeah. They have Brandon Hagel with a pair of goals in this one. And Sergachev, by the way, did you see the Sergachev goal? Because right away, whenever he scores one of these goals, guess what I got tweets about? The sifter. But one person said, and this is your accent on it as well. You put the accent on one the very sniffer. Specific, that's right. You put a, an accent on the snifter syllable. Yes. And one person to me say, does that qualify as a snifter? And yes, it does. Well, that's interesting. That's the thing about Toronto. And I had a couple of guys who said it to me 
about another team and they're not as convinced this other team will do it because mm -hmm. this other team tends to be a bit more conservative and that's Winnipeg. You know, Kevin Sheveldayoff was down in Tampa the other day for Tampa San Jose. I think we all assume, you know, he's not, not like he's going to tell us, but we all assume he was there to watch Meyer. Now, I don't know if Winnipeg thinks they can sign Meyer long-term, but like I, I told this theory about Toronto to a couple other teams, and they said it's a good theory, and they wonder if Winnipeg would consider doing the same thing. Hmm. Winnipeg has a good team. I've wondered if they're going to be more in the JVR kind of conversation. Expiring contracts. I think that fits. But when I said Toronto and the fact that Shevel Dayoff was down there, I had a couple teams say, geez, I, I wonder if there's any chance Winnipeg would be considering the same thing. Like, again, you're giving up big assets, and the Jets don't like to do that unless they have certainty. They want to know that they have players who are going to be there or locked in for a while. They wouldn't have that with Meyer. It wouldn't fit their historical profile, but boy, would that be a ballsy move. That would be a bomb. Jeff, the other thing I just want to mention about Jersey, I think New Jersey is getting asked about some of their D prospects whenever they're thinking about stuff here. Defense prospects, you mean, not like yes. D-level prospects. You're talking yes. about defense prospects. Okay. Yes. I don't think Nemich is going anywhere. Like I can't imagine no that. No way, no how. But- Riley Walsh, right-hand shot defenseman, who's in Utica right now. Shakir, do it for me, Merrick. Mukamadulin. Shakir Mukamadulin, another really good young right-hand shot prospect, as you remind me, first-round pick. Yep. He's supposed to come to North America next year. They've got a lefty in Utica, Nikita Okochuk, and I think he needs waivers next year. So teams have been asking the Devils you know, what they're thinking there. You know, they have two defensemen at the NHL level next year who are UFAs. One is Severson, the other is Graves. One's a righty and one's a lefty. We don't know what the Devils' plans are yet for those players. Mm -hmm. I don't know that the Devils are going to trade a D prospect because they might need some of these guys next year and they seem to like them, but I do know the Devils are being asked about them. Did you see that New Jersey-Seattle game? No, I, I didn't watch that game, Jeff. There were... Some other games that I watched ahead of that one. Sorry, Devils and Kraken fans. One thing, and I don't know why I'm always interested in this one. So it's a 3-1 to one Devils win over the Seattle Kraken. All four goals in the game scored by defensemen. Larson for Seattle, a pair by Hamilton, and John Marino. This is what impresses me and intrigues me on a Thursday night, Elliot. I'm very excited. You know what impresses me about the Devils? <laughs> the big hat that says hat on it. Oh, it's so good. The big the big novelty hat that says hat. It's great. I absolutely love it. I'm with you. Jesper, fat hat heavy? It's pretty heavy. I got this pretty small hat, too, so it's kind of <laughs> sinking down a little bit. Ah, Elliot, yet another start to another week. Now, other than the 32 Thoughts podcast, there's eh, not much else really to look forward to. Jeff, you are forgetting about Montana's Daily Deals. Their chicken wings are double-dusted in-house, cooked to a golden crispy finish, and they're half price on Mondays. Uh, half price? Half price every Monday and sauced however you like them. Well then, head on down to Montana's Barbecue and Bar for half price wings every Monday 
the only other thing exciting about Mondays. Some conditions apply. Visit montanas.ca for details. You know, one of the things the solar eclipse, remember that, reminded us is people will travel to have unique experiences, see things, and be part of events. We all saw how people congregated in areas that had the best view, the best safe view. And they all had to stay somewhere, and many used Airbnb. I want to share something with you I was once told. One of the wisest things you can do when you host an Airbnb is find events in your area and let people in that community know that your place is available for out-of-towners. Many did this with the Eclipse. You can do this as well. Your home could be an Airbnb. Seriously. It doesn't have to be your whole place. I mean, it could be. You'd be surprised what people are looking for when they travel. It's simple and it's really, really smart. You might want to think about it. You could be sitting on a whole new revenue stream. Concerts, sporting events, conferences. People are always on the move. Your home may be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.ca slash host. A couple of other things. You mentioned the San Jose Sharks and Izeron, Timo Myers, certainly Eric Carlson as well. Do you get a sense at how aggressive Mike Greer wants to be in how many bodies he's willing to move this trade deadline? I mean, this one is his first. Like, we're all learning about Mike Greer and, and how he's going to stick handle in this new position as as general manager. I, listen, I, I don't think it would be a stretch to say, you know, don't be surprised if Nick Benino goes. He's on the expiring deal. But do you get a sense of how deep Greer wants to go as he retools this thing in San Jose? You know, first of all, I don't think he's eager to make moves because of his first trade deadline. I don't think one thing has anything to do with the other. I think he's interested in doing things because of where the Sharks are and what they're trying to do, and that is basically trying to start all over again. I do think he's active out there. I think everybody knows he's open for business. Everybody understands that he's got good players out there. To me, one of the biggest questions about Carlson is, how much are the Sharks willing to retain? Mm. And that's a sliding scale right now. For one thing, I'm not convinced it's a ton unless the package is so good that they have to say, we're going to have to eat more because the package is so good. But I think other teams are saying to them, if you want to keep us to keep that much money for so long, then you know what, we're not going to give you as good a package. I think they're willing to try things. Mm -hmm. They've indicated that. Edmonton and San Jose did have some conversations about Carlson. It never got close. I think the Oilers said with what it would cost them and the salary, it didn't make sense to them. So that's my question is, how does San Jose see that whole situation evolving? But look, LeBanc is out there. Carlson is possible. Myers definitely out there. You mentioned Benino. They've got good pieces, and everybody knows they're willing to talk. But, you know, Greer is a confident guy. He knows what he ideally wants. He's in the poker game. Yeah. Minnesota is the other team I wanted to talk about here. I heard a lot of rumblings about a Besser for Greenway kind of deal. After really looking into it, I don't see it. You know, Bill Guerin kind of Always. talked about it on Mike Russo's yeah, podcast. It's, and It's tough because, you know, right now asking prices are a lot and 
you know, we just saw that with the Horvat trade. Yeah, and you don't want to, you know, we're not, we're still just not in a position where we want to give up first and second round picks, um, you know, for somebody we know that will be a rental, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, we, we hope that, you know, Greenway can start scoring more, Hartman can start scoring more, Felino can start scoring more, like guys like that can just start contributing, you know, offensively a little bit more. You know, and that that would be the best scenario. You know, then we can you know we can solve a lot of things, a lot of problems internally, and that's that's what I'd love to see happen. I think Vancouver would like to make this move. I think Besser would like to go back to Minnesota. Yeah. One thing that really made sense to me was Greenway because it took some salary off of Minnesota's cap next year. Like they can't take Besser without Vancouver eating a chunk and some salary coming off. And Greenway, I could see being a Rick Tockett type player, but I'm still hearing Jeff that they can't do it. That that doesn't make sense for Minnesota to do cap wise. Mm-hmm. So I've heard it. I checked around yesterday. There were a few other people who heard it, but I I just keep getting told that the Wild can't do it. It doesn't make sense for them. Wild searching for goals. They are definitely searching for goals. Like I've wondered about Van Riemsdyk there. Mm-hmm. Like I've heard Winnipeg's looked into Van Riemsdyk. I, I don't think they're the only ones. I think there's a few teams that have looked into him, and I think he gets dealt his, you know, as we get closer to the deadline. I think there's some interest. He can score. You know, I wonder about Minnesota. I wonder about the Jets. I, I wonder about a few places for him. All right, I swear we're not going to do this every week, but this week is kind of special for Bo Horvat and the New York Islanders. A pair of win to kick off the week, a loss against the Vancouver Canucks on Thursday. Horvat scores a goal against his old team. There's behind the net, center in front for Horvat. One timer, he scores. I should have had two, but that whole goaltender interference thing. Well, his first goal was disallowed, but this one's going to count as Bo Horvat scores against his former team to make it four to two. Anthony Bavillier scores against his old team, and the star of the game. With a pair of goals, number 23 and 24 on the season, Elias Pettersson. Underline for Besser, goes right wing, Pettersson shoots, he scores! Elias Pettersson has his second goal of the third period, and the Canucks have come from behind to turn a 4-3 deficit into a 5-4 lead. I know it wasn't the outcome that the home crowd wanted to go home with, but that was a really exciting game. 6-5 Vancouver beats the Islanders. What did you make of week one in the Horvat era? Because they are chanting. First of all, how much money do you think was on the board in that game? Oh, a ton. It was not Detroit, Toronto, but I bet it was a lot. Did you see Horvat's contract, sir? Did you see what Horvat just banked? I'm sure it was a big number. First of all, I would like to talk about Patterson for a second. In our interview this week, you asked him who was like the unsung Canuck. Yeah. And he mentioned the guy who just got traded. Yeah. Elias Patterson went out against a guy who he has a ton of respect for on the road in a game they were down and had every excuse to lose. Yep. And he scored twice and brought them back into the game. And as you said, he was the best player on the ice. Hands down. You know what that is? That is a player who's a killer. That is a player who's a winner. That is a player who's going to be your captain. Because I can't tell you how many times I've heard over the years, Jeff, and I guarantee you've heard it too, where people have said, that guy's my best friend on the uh, off the ice, but on the ice, I want to beat him so bad you have no idea. Mm-hmm. 
And in sports, if you are going to be successful, when the clock starts until the clock finishes, you put your friendships aside and you go to win the game. That is the thing that stood out for me about Patterson on Thursday night. Now, about Horvat, I, I mean, aside from the result in this game, it's a really, really good week for the Islanders. The fans feel great. You can tell they love them. Oh, yeah. It's a big W after they lost. The likes of Ryan Smith and John Tavares over the years, they've gotten two big Ws this year in Barzell and Horvat. Those guys are going to be playing with each other for years. This is a really tough loss for them. And, and, the, and the real problem for the Islanders is their math isn't great. Mm. Like Pittsburgh's math, despite the fact that Pittsburgh has been kind of lurching, even though they had that big win the other night, uh, you know, their math is, is much better than the Islanders is. Well, they got five games on them. They have five yes. games on the Islanders. This one really hurts them. It, it hurts. It's the only bad thing that happened to them this week. Big picture, good Thursday night, bad. Elliot also wanted to mention the National Hockey League Players Association and their search for a new executive director, drilling down on Marty Walsh. We've talked about him a couple of different times, either on the podcast or on the radio show. As the week winds down, you know, I had a conversation with someone uh, last night, as a matter of fact, who bluntly said, it doesn't matter who the executive director is because collective bargaining is tilted so heavily in favor of the owners that it doesn't matter. Agree or disagree with that statement? I don't know if I if I buy that. Um, I think this, and I've always said this, it's, you know, the owners all have other businesses and those businesses could last for a long time. The hockey player has a finite existence. Yeah. And so I do think that's an enormous challenge the players have to overcome. But, you know, we've seen before, there have been times where players have won important things in collective bargaining Again, it just comes down to what is your will. And I've said this to you and I'll say it to you again. I don't think the players are anxious for an enormous fight. I think they'll take a fight if it comes to them and they feel that what's being asked of them is unrealistic. But I think at the end of the day, I think they want to make deals. They want to grow the sport and they want to make deals. I don't think they're interested in missing games or striking or anything like that. I think they want to fight for what they believe in, but I believe they want to play. The thing is about this is with the Players Association, it's a never clean. It's always bloody. Oh. <laughs> it's always bloody. This is the first time it hasn't been, Elliot, going back to well, Eagleson. The thing that's happened here is that, look, I think the players are very excited about their choice. The One of the things that couple players told me was that the committee members, those who were part of the selection committee, they were very excited about their choice and that enthusiasm rubbed off on the other players. Mm -hmm. I've asked everybody I can think of, do you think that this is a big deal about the fact that he got donations from the Jacobs, he got donations from John Henry, who now owns the Pittsburgh Penguins. And some people say, no, I don't care. That's politics. Some people say, Yes, I do care. But the fact is, this is a big position that pays about $3 million a year, and people want these jobs. Mm -hmm. And so I mentioned those emails to you. There was another one this morning, and I think there was another one yesterday. There are people who are not giving up here, 
and it's anonymous and it bothers people. And I get that. If you're going to do stuff like that, put your name on it. But I think this is too far along to be stopped and we'll see where we go. The interesting thing here too is, and the one thing that we see specifically during lockouts is the owners are very much on the same page, singing from the same hymn book. Like they understand the united front. And you're talking about the players, you wrote about this this week in your blog, about them presenting this idea that this is unanimous and they are united on this. And that's fine and that's wise. One of the things that I wonder about here, you know, one of the most influential person in any player's career slash life is their agent. And agents all have different perspectives. Some have different, you know, agendas than, than others, different clients, obviously, that they represent. Do you think the agents are as united as the players are presenting themselves to be? I think publicly they are trying to be, yes. I don't think everybody is crazy about this. Like I said, I think they feel very strongly that you have to present a united front because if you don't, you get crushed. Okay, and with that, we will finish up and hope that you have a great start to your weekend. Taking us out, two musicians who met on the roof of a house party in London, England. Hannah Wilson and Julia Fabron make up the duo Dolores Forever. With a deep knowledge of their craft, Hannah and Julia want to change the way we listen to music. With their latest single, When I Say So, here's Dolores Forever on 32 Thoughts, the podcast. Enjoy. You know, one of the things the solar eclipse, remember that, reminded us is people will travel to have unique experiences, see things, and be part of events. We all saw how people congregated in areas that had the best view, the best safe view. And they all had to stay somewhere, and many used Airbnb. I want to share something with you I was once told. One of the wisest things you can do when you host an Airbnb is find events in your area and let people in that community know that your place is available for out-of-towners. Many did this with the Eclipse. You can do this as well. Your home could be an Airbnb. Seriously, it doesn't have to be your whole place. I mean, it could be. You'd be surprised what people are looking for when they travel. It's simple and it's really, really smart. You might want to think about it. You could be sitting on a whole new revenue stream. Concerts, sporting events, conferences... People are always on the move. Your home may be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.ca slash host.